understand what their dreams are, what their motivators are, what, what are their challenges, what are their struggles. Hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Live Leaderly Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Alba. Here on the show, we invite guests from all walks to share their stories about leadership, which just become stories about life. I ask that with the people in your life, please tell your story, listen to theirs, but in the meantime, we'll do it together here on the Live Leaderly Podcast. And joining us on the show today, Director of Leader Development at ADP, Lisa Burkind. Lisa, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Darren. I am never better. It's so good to be with you. So glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Where are you calling in from today? I am here in beautiful Amelia Island, Florida. Starting to feel like spring break. Awesome. <laughs> well, Lisa, uh, first question I like asking people is if you have a first memory of leadership, maybe when you were a kid or a teenager, do you have a, a memory that you can recall? Wow, I have several. Uh, I'm the oldest of four children and uh, the only sister. I had three younger brothers. So my first memory of leadership was was leading my brother. And uh, I would force them to play school with me. And then we'd trade off and I would play um, out, you know, cowboys and Indians with them out in the dirt. And so I remember, I remember very vividly uh, leading them and coaching them and um, directing them. Sometimes they didn't like it so much, but uh, <laughs> it was a very fun childhood to say the least. And then in, in brownies, I did brownies and Girl Scouts. Uh, I became an informal leader with that group at a very young age. Uh, I love to, to teach and I would uh, teach some of my brownie friends new things, things that we were working on to earn badges. And so I, I, I remember that pretty clearly and uh, especially one field trip where I was teaching them all a new song to sing on the bus. We were very animated and loud. <laughs> now, that sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of great memories. It's it's I like asking that because people will reflect back and I think in the moment we don't really think of those times as leadership. We're just, you know, being with our siblings and being with our friends, but what do, do we know we're kind of setting the groundwork for for leadership um later on in our life? Mm-hmm. Uh and I also want to ask if you could talk a little more about your background and where you're from, Lisa. Sure. My background, I grew up in Florida and I went to University of Central Florida for my undergrad. I ended up with a degree in business. And so my early career, I was in sales and ended up um, in inside sales and then field sales, business to business sales, and then pretty quickly ended up in leadership and my career plan at that time was to be in sales leadership in some capacity, really until I retired. And so it was um, a development rotation that put me in a, a training department. And I ended up running learning and development for my company as a, as a rotational opportunity and, and fell in love with it. And I said, well, wait a second. I can have a career in leadership, in training and learning and development and leader development. This is where I want to be. And so halfway through my career, I changed trajectories and my, my plan. And I've been now in some form of learning and development, leader development, um, even HR 
for the last, oh gosh, 15, 18 years or so. Okay. And you, uh, you mentioned you made that switch and you just fell in love with it. Love with it. What did, uh, what did you love so much about that learning and development and, and leadership development? Yeah. So when I was a leader in sales and in business, what I loved most about that was coaching and developing others to reach their greatest potential and uh, working with them to help them achieve their goals. It was always such a fun challenge to, to focus on helping other people get what they wanted. And when I realized I could make a career out of that, it just was a light bulb moment for me. I love working with other leaders, especially to help them build their teams so their teams can have success and they can help develop their people to reach their greatest potential and help them get what they want out of life. So it's just been part of my mission that's been driving me very early on in my career. Oh, that's great. And so as part of that, that leader development for, for others, uh, that can be a little daunting, that can be a little intimidating, especially when we're early in our career and now we're you know, either in charge or, or looking to that next step to be in charge and uh, being in front of people. What are, um, what are some like fears and struggles that early leaders or early aspiring leaders have about leadership that you see commonly in, in your work? Sure. Um, man, I just taught a, a class for new leaders recently, and there's a couple themes, and I can so relate to this because I experience this too. One concern or challenge is when you end up leading a group of former peers. And so in, in many cases, because uh, someone does such a good job in their individual contributor role, they get promoted to be the team leader or the group leader or the manager and now they're managing and leading their former peers, their friends, their buddies. And so that's always a big challenge. Um, you know, and another challenge is maybe you're not leading a group of former peers, but you have less experience. And this happened to me. My first management job, I was the only woman and I was the only person in my 20s. Everyone else was significantly more tenured than I was. And so we we see that as well. And that can be concerning. And, and probably the third thing that I see too is people struggling with expecting everyone else to be like them. And um, because they were successful, they think that their way, their methods, their processes are what will work for everyone else. And sometimes that's just not the case. <laughs> The, the, uh, the, the peer leadership, that's especially intimidating because these are your friends that you, you talk and you joke and, um, and suddenly yeah. you have this responsibility over with, for, for them and in, in the job. What, um, uh, what I guess advice do you have for folks that are stepping into that role and now they're, now they're in charge of their peers? What, uh, what, what can help with that? The most important thing is to work on building trust and that's, easier said than done if there was solid trust built as peers, <laughs> as teammates. And so I've seen leaders step into leadership roles with already a lot of support because the, the team had already built trust. Where people struggle is if there wasn't trust established and now you're managing that group of peers, they really got to focus. And um, you know, one tip that works well is before you try to change the world 
or even call a team meeting, meet with everyone one-on-one and really spend a significant amount of time with each individual one-on-one because you want to build some trust and rapport and allies. So when you do have that team meeting, that group meeting, you've already met with them and they're coming together and hopefully you have some supporters now already on your side because you've done the work to build trust. And in that one-on-one meeting, a lot of it should not be about business. It should not be about um, the work, the numbers, the KPIs, the whatever, the tasks. It really should be to get to know them, to reset, uh, to understand what their dreams are, what their motivators are, what, what are their challenges, what are their struggles, and focus on building trust and rapport and getting to know your people outside of work, as well as, you know, what's going on in their work world. Yeah, that that's uh, that sounds very helpful, regardless if it's your peers or not mm-hmm. not your peers, building that trust, building that rapport, um, and getting everyone on board. And so in your role in leader development, you, I imagine, see people from a spectrum of experience from early and aspiring to people maybe who have been leading for a while, introverts, mm-hmm. extroverts, so just a, a spectrum of different people. Um, and a big theme that we have on the show here is our belief that anyone can learn to lead. No matter if you have the experience, the education, the upbringing, the background, we think everyone can learn to lead. Is that something that also resonates with you, Lisa? 100%. Anyone can learn to lead. Leadership is based on behaviors and competencies. And the great news is that behaviors and competencies can be trained, they can be learned, they can be developed. And so, you know, in leadership, we find that, uh, you know, a certain amount of IQ is important. You have to be competent in in um, tasks and, and roles and responsibilities. But at some point, it's the, the emotional intelligence and leadership skills and competencies that, that equate to excellent leadership. And the great news is all of that can be learned and developed and trained and coached. And so it, it takes intention for sure, uh, but I 100% agree that leadership can be learned. And for you, Lisa, throughout your, your career, how is it that you learned leadership? Was it through mentors, was it through experience, just you know, ups, downs, struggles, success, failure? What was that for you throughout your career? You know, um, in learning and development, we call it the 70-20-10 rule, where 70% of development as an adult takes place through experiences, 20% is more through coaching and mentoring and feedback, and then only 10% is formal training, classroom training, um, formal development programs. And I would say my career pretty much aligns with that model. And through experiences, I've learned tremendously from working with mentors and being intentional with what I'm working on and developing and incorporating things either daily, weekly, monthly, yearly to focus on my personal development. Um, So it's not so much like a separate thing to do, but it's part of my daily work. And then, you know, the 20%, man, having a great mentor and finding people and seeking out people who do excellent work um, and uh, diverse work and thought and experiences has been invaluable to me. And then, of course, I mean, I don't want to negate the 10% because that's I do a lot of the 10% training, classroom training, 
And, uh, you know, that's where you learn and pick up new things, especially when the training's designed to have you be able to interact with others to learn from them and experience what works with, uh, for them. And so the, uh, the mentors, that's that 20%, like you said, the, maybe the most impactful leaders that you've had throughout your career in life, what are the things that they did in the weeks and the days and the months that you admired and have tried to incorporate over the years when you lead others? couple things come to mind. Um, first, they role modeled with integrity. So they walked the talk and they did what they said they were going to do. And um, they wouldn't ask others to do anything that they weren't willing to do. And they had strong character, honesty, um, their values showed up. And so that was that's always been so inspiring to me to see leaders who show up like that. Um, the other thing that they would do is they would be excellent at time management and prioritization. And uh, one of my very early mentors taught me about micromanaging my time and my calendar, which sounds counterintuitive, Darren. But, you know, the more we micromanage our calendar, the more time we can get back, the more margin we get back. And so I've gotten really good at that. Um, and the best mentors have shown me how to do that, how they prioritize, how they build in time for development, as well as downtime, family time, vacation time. Re renewal is uh, what, what someone calls it. So that's pretty good. And then um, the other thing is that ju they just have such a genuine concern for people. They focus on people, they give all their attention to their people. And I have an excellent mentor that says, you know, you're as a leader, your number one priority really is your team and your people. And if you don't have enough time to pay attention to your people, then just don't be a leader. <laughs> um, and so they really do prioritize their people. And so, Lisa, we're uh, close to wrapping up here shortly, but I wanted to turn it back over to you if you had any other thoughts or advice about leadership for uh, for anyone listening to the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Well, find what works for you. You know, some people are readers. Some people like to listen to podcasts. I love podcasts. I'm listening to podcasts all the time. Um, or, you know, it could be videos or conferences and then be intentional about it. Look for ways to include your development in your, your you know, daily life. Like if you're driving, listen to podcasts. If you're going for a walk, listen to podcasts. If you, you know, weekly schedule 30 minutes of reading time or research time, but include it in your, in your planning so it's intentional. Um, that would be my best advice. And then second, do seek some mentors, uh, focus on networking and, and meeting new people who you'd like to learn from, uh, especially based on your interests and your strengths that you want to develop. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Lisa. I really appreciate you sharing your story and your thoughts and your lessons from over the years. Our guest today has been Lisa Burkine. And for all those listening, this has been the Live Leaderly Podcast.